Thank you for joining us today for worship. I'm going to continue my sermon series on life lessons from Elijah. Two weeks ago, I preached from the Bible story found in 1 Kings chapter 18 when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven. The story of 1 Kings 18 really begins three years before when God spoke to Elijah to go to King Ahab, the king of Israel, and to tell him that um, it was not going to rain in the land of Israel until the Lord said so. Elijah did that. He left the nation of Israel. But then three years later, God calls him back to the nation of Israel to tell King Ahab that it's going to rain once again. And that's what we find today in our Bible story, which is actually going to be the rest of the story, verses 41 of 1 Kings 18 through chapter 19. Before we get to the story, though, I want to recap what took place with 1 Kings 18. Elijah presents himself to King Ahab. Then he issues a challenge to the prophets of Baal. There were 450 of them. He challenged those prophets. He said, let there be brought two bulls to us. You take one of the bulls, I'll take the other one. Place it upon your altar, I'll place it upon my altar. Call upon the name of Baal, I'll call upon the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. And that's what the prophets of Baal do. And there's no response from their God. But yet we find Elijah, before he has the bull placed upon his altar, he rebuilds the altar of the Lord. And that was last week's message, rebuilding your altar, where God is calling us to reset, to recharge, to renew, to rebuild our personal worship, the worship that we have with our families, and the worship that we have of God in our churches. God is calling us to rebuild our altars. We learned, though, in 1 Kings 18, after Elijah rebuilds that altar, he has it covered with water, soaking wet, then he calls upon God's name, and God sends the fire, and everyone in Israel falls flat on their face in worship, saying, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And that was the title of my message two weeks ago. The Lord, He is God. But then Elijah gives one more command to the people. He says, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Make sure none of them escape. And then Elijah puts them to death. This now brings us to our Bible story today, the Word of God. After this, Elijah spoke to Ahab, the king, and said, Go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain coming. Elijah then went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and there he bowed low to the ground, and he put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, Go and look out over the sea and tell me what you see. The servant goes and looks out and comes back to his master and says, I see nothing. Elijah says, go back. This takes place seven times. And the seventh time the servant goes and looks out over the sea, he comes back to Elijah and says, I see a small cloud about the size of a man's hand rising up over the sea. Elijah then said, well, go then to King Ahab, servant, Go to him and tell him to hitch up his chariot and to go down the mountain before the rain stops him. Meanwhile, the clouds began to fill the sky, dark clouds, and the wind began to rise and heavy rain began to fall. King Ahab then got on his chariot and began to leave there from the mountain and go to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah 
And he stuck his cloak into his belt. And then Elijah, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, began to run. And he outran Ahab's chariot all the way to Jezreel. King Ahab spoke to Jezebel, his wife, the queen. And Ahab told his wife these words. He said, all that Elijah had done and that Elijah had put the prophets of Baal to death by the sword. Jezebel then had a message sent to Elijah. The message said this, May the gods punish me if I by tomorrow don't do to you what you did to the prophets of Baal. When Elijah received this death threat, he was afraid. And Elijah ran away. He went from Jezreel to Judah, and there at Beersheba, Elijah left his servant. Elijah went on another day's journey into the desert and came to a broom tree, and there he sat down under it, and he prayed to the Lord that the Lord might take his life. Elijah said, I can't go on. I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than any of my ancestors. Then Elijah laid down under that broom tree and went to sleep. Sometime after that, an angel of the Lord touched Elijah and said, Get up and eat. Elijah looked around and there by his head he saw some bread that had been baked, a cake of bread been baking over hot coals and a jar of water. And Elijah got up and he ate and he drank. Then Elijah went back to sleep. Then the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and and said, get up and eat for the journey is too difficult for you. Elijah got up, he ate, he drank, and he was strengthened by that food. And he journeyed for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb, which is the mountain of the Lord. And when he arrived there, he came into a cave and there he spent the night. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The Lord said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have put to death your prophets with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they want to kill me too. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and stand on the mountain and present yourself before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then before the Lord, a great and powerful wind came and It tore the mountain apart and and, and smashed the rocks, but the Lord God was not found in the wind. And then came a great earthquake, but the Lord God was not found in the earthquake. Then came a fire, but the Lord God was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a still small voice. And when Elijah heard that, he, he put his cloak over his face and he stepped out of the cave to the very mouth, the entrance of it. And then God spoke to him through that gentle whisper. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've had your prophets put to death by the sword. 
I'm the only one left, and now they're about to kill me too. The Lord said, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus, and there anoint Hazael to be the king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu to be the king of Israel, and anoint Elisha to be your successor as prophet. For I have in all of Israel 7,000 reserved for me, who have not bowed the knee to Baal, nor with their mouths have they kissed him. This is the word of God. I've entitled today's message, The Lord God Provides. The Lord God Speaks and the Lord God Sees. In our story, we see God's provision all throughout. How God provided Elijah the courage to stand up to the prophets of Baal. How God provided the very words that Elijah would speak clear directions of what he was to do and the way that he spoke such a powerful prayer to God, God provided all that Elijah needed to call down the fire from heaven. We also see God's provision of rain for the nation of Israel. The land was desperately in need of rain and God provided rain through Elijah's prayers there on top of Mount Carmel. And then when Elijah goes into his place of despair, the one thing he needed in his time of fear and despair and depression was food to eat and water to drink and even a broom tree to to lay under that he might rest. God provided the tree, the food, and the water that he needed. Then God provided his very word. He spoke to Elijah. God's provision is found all throughout this Bible story. The Lord God is Jehovah Jireh. He provides our needs. Elijah's greatest need when he was at his lowest moment was that he might rest and be restored and be recharged. Oh, how we're learning that right now during this COVID-19 pandemic. We're such a culture that's committed to high work ethic and working hard, but schools are shut down, jobs are slowed down, and I hope that you've taken the time to rest, to recharge, because God has a work for us to do as we come out of this pandemic. Years ago, God revealed that to me. On Mondays, I'm doing my first pastorate at First Baptist Wadawi. I'm preaching multiple sermons that morning, working on my Sunday evening message in the afternoon and presenting a Sunday evening message, going to deacons meetings, finance committee meetings, business meetings. And I find myself on Mondays with no energy. And it went beyond just not having energy to where I I was beginning to even doubt my calling as a pastor, as a person. I began to feel depressed, down, discouraged, and I was burning out and not even realizing it because I was spending so much emotional energy on Sundays preaching the Word of God. Elijah was empowered by God. He ran supernaturally down the mountain with the power of God upon him, but his body and his spirit are connected Our bodies and our spirit, our soul, we're connected. We can't just keep pressing on, pushing on without stopping to reset, to rest. And God has provided us a time to reset. So what did I do years ago? Well, for nine years now, I've taken Monday as my off day. I've learned not to listen to my emotions, not to listen to how I feel on Mondays after a grueling day on Sunday, preaching the Word of God. 
God wants us to rest. He wants us to take that Sabbath day. And God is calling us to trust in His provision of rest during these days. But we also learn from this Bible passage that our God, our God speaks. The very thing that Elijah needed was to hear from God. That was his primary job as a prophet. He spoke the word of God to the people. He spoke the word of God to the king of Israel. It meant that he had to hear the word of God, then speak the word of God. But Elijah was only listening to the words of Jezebel. And he was afraid when she said to him, By this time tomorrow, you're going to be as dead as those prophets. That's all he could hear. And he heard that word instead of hearing the word of God. And Elijah ran in fear. But in the midst of his fear, God speaks to him. God calls to him. God says to him the very words that he needs to hear. And God is a speaking God who has spoken to us in these final days through his son, Jesus Christ. He has spoken the final word on the cross when Jesus said it is finished. He has spoken the final word through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead that Jesus is alive. Our God has spoken to us through His written word, the Bible. Our God is a speaking God and our God spoke to Elijah. But we're so guilty to try to find God in the sensational. But God did not speak in the wind, in the earthquake, or in the fire. No, God spoke in that gentle whisper. And God is calling us to listen to Him. But we have to quiet our hearts. We have to open His Word. We have to be still and know that He is God. And I believe during this pandemic, God is calling us to slow down, to rest, to receive His provision, and then to hear His clear Word speaking to us because He's ever speaking if we'll only listen. But our God also goes beyond providing for us and speaking to us. Our God sees. Our God sees. You see, Elijah is convinced. He's convinced he is the only one left in all of Israel who is devoted to God. And God sees his situation. And the very word he speaks to Elijah, the very word he speaks to Elijah is, Elijah, what are you doing here? He questions Elijah. He calls Elijah back to his calling. God may be speaking to you right now where you are. What are you doing here? Maybe you're not sure where you are in life right now, but God speaks so gently, so firmly. What are you doing here? And God gives directions to Elijah. Elijah has this narrative going through his mind. He says it twice to the Lord. When God asks him, what are you doing here? He says the same thing to God twice. He was convinced that he'd been faithful to God. He was convinced he was the only one left. He was convinced that all of Israel was just going to hell and it was all terrible. He was just so convinced that life was not worth living and God reminded him. First thing God said to that still small voice is, I've got an assignment for you, Elijah. I want you to get up and I want you to go and I want you to anoint this person as king. This person as king. Anoint your successor. God spoke to him and God let him know, I see the end. I see what you can't see, Elijah. See, our God can see what we can't see. He sees the end of this pandemic. He sees beyond the end of this pandemic. He sees the end of time. Our God is God. He sees. 
He knows. He speaks. He provides. And God makes it real clear to Elijah and to us, I've got 7,000 people who have never bowed down to Baal, who have not kissed that idol. Oh, that we might be like the 7,000 who will not bow down to the gods of fear, to the gods of this age, but that we might bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ. May we also know that God always has His remnant until Jesus comes back and calls His church home. There will always be men and women and boys and girls all over the world who call upon the name of Jesus, who bow to Him. We are family. Elijah was not alone. You are never alone. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, but you also have the church, the body of Christ from all over the world, and we are one. We are one in Christ. It's so important for Elijah to get up and go. We see this with Joshua. After Israel loses the battle in the battle of Ai because of the sin in their camp, He's grieving over their loss. He's grieving over the situation. God tells Joshua, get up and lead my people into battle. We see Samuel, the great prophet of God, experience the same thing after King Saul dies, after King Saul just rejects God and doesn't follow God. His, his heart is broken, yet he says, get up. Get up, Samuel. Go anoint the next king of Israel. You see, God is calling us through this pandemic as we reset, as we rest, as we receive all that God has for us, as God begins to speak clearly to us, and as God shows us that He sees the end, He has a purpose and a plan for us. God says, I want you to get up. I've got something for you to do. Isn't it something that Elijah, with his greatest weakness being that he was the Lone Ranger prophet, who's always by himself doing these great works for God, yet here he is by himself falling into deep depression, having to have God intervene and give him new strength and new calling to his life. He says, go and appoint a successor. In other words, Elijah, I'm calling you not just to do great works for me, but to make disciples. I want you to call out that man who is going to follow you. His name is Elisha. And that's what takes place in the, at the next part of the story. He goes and anoints Elisha to be his successor. And God is calling us to do the same. You saw the baptism that took place this last week of Fernando. What a blessing that God is calling all of us to get up and go and make disciples of all people. The mandate that God has given us has not stopped. Nothing can stop the word of God from going forth. Nothing can stop disciples from being made. Our God has provided. Our God speaks to us. Our God sees us. He sees us when we're at our lowest, just like Elijah was. And God didn't turn him away. God loved him. God provided for him and God called him. And God led him on that journey. And God says to us, what are you doing here? I'm not sure what your answer to God is going to be, but know this, God loves you, God has called you, and God has a purpose for your life. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord God, we thank you for being so faithful to speak to us, for providing what we need, God. You knew that Israel needed rain, and God, you sent rain. You knew Israel needed a, a man of God, a prophet, to show them that you are the one true living God, and he called down fire from heaven. But God, I thank you that you knew that we needed to see this great man of God fail. 
because God, we are like him. As James 5 chapter says, that Elijah was a human just like us. And oh Lord, we need to see that Elijah struggled. Elijah was afraid. Elijah was depressed. And so are we in our lives. But God, thank you for the good news of Jesus. That God, you provided him for us. And that God, you've spoken that final word to us. His name is Jesus. And God, we thank you for your written word, the Bible, that we might go to that word and hear you speak so clearly to us, God. Let us listen to your still, small voice. God, I pray that we will rest, that we will receive your provision, that we will hear your word. And God, that you will give us great comfort to know that you see the end of our lives Help us not to give in to the narrative that keeps going through our brains. For Elijah was buying into that narrative and it was leading him to deep, dark despair. God, I thank you for the truth of your word, that you see the end, that you have a purpose for our lives, that we're to go, we're to get up and we're to go and we're to serve you. God, I pray that we would all be disciple makers. Whatever that that looks like in our lives, God, show us, lead us, Spur us on, stir us up, God. We need you to empower us, Lord. I pray that we would be faithful to you because, Lord, you are God. And, Lord, you're calling us to rebuild our altars of worship. And, God, you've shown us today that you have provided all that we need, that you are still speaking to us, God, and that you, oh God, see. You see the end of our lives. You see the end of human history. Oh, Lord, how can we not serve you with all our lives? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.